Pastor Angel Halstead. I'm the pastor of Mosaic Community Church. I'm so glad you tuned in. Today is a uh, different kind of service for us. Um, in light of what's taking place in this last week in Philadelphia, West Philly, where we are, I'm, uh, I just told somebody I'm not quite sure how to, to uh, describe how I'm feeling. Um, I'm here. Uh, I took a a week off to try to have some time to collect myself. I didn't realize how tired I was and I've spent these last few days just sleeping. Um, and then I received an email that told me about what was happening, about uh, the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. And I, um, I watched the video so I'm pretty distraught. But I find myself in a position where I'm a pastor and I want to be encouraging, but I'm pretty distraught. And so instead of calling this a sermon, I don't know, I'm gonna call this just the, the thoughts of a, of a pastor the day after another black man was killed. So with your grace and understanding, just a few pages. How shall I speak of God in a city, in a town, in a state, in a country that cannot and will not see me? 
and my other black and brown siblings. How shall I speak of God to people who attempt to brick me and those who look like me behind walls of their own making based on the projections of their own violent history? How do I speak of God when I am awash with pain and disappointment again, again? When the blood of the traumatized and terrorized who've been broken mentally mingles in the streets with our ancestors? How am I to speak of God when I am so very angry? that I too want to strike out, if only as an act to counter the pain I feel inside. But I won't. But I understand it. How am I to speak of God when so much of this racial mess that we live with sits upon the shoulders of my other siblings, my white siblings who erected unjust systems long ago and are standing in defense of them today. Who will look at what happened to Walter Wallace Jr. and not see a human being in need? So I'm not speaking about all my white siblings, but it's a good number of them that have, because of their number, power to continue to divide us, to continue to be disconnected from me and from those who look like me. He was wounded mentally. Still, he was shot down. He was bruised by a society insensitive to mental health issues, even when those that loved him cried for his life, pleaded for his life. But he, his form came with a lot of melanin and dreadlocks and a history in people's minds that did not see that this was a man in struggle, a man in need, a man who needed compassion and wisdom. Some will say he had a knife. He should have put it down. I will say that there in that place where his parents and other loved ones and neighbors sharing his story, telling those who were present that he had mental health needs, that it was calling for a different kind of engagement. And it seemed to hit empty ears because all they saw was the projection of what they've told themselves for years about our violence, which is really their violence. I won't forget hearing the gunfire. My God, he was, a, he was a guy with a knife in a gunfight. He brought a knife to a gunfight. And the shots that were sent at him were not shots to wound him. They weren't shots to stop him from advancing and still leave him alive. No, they were shots to kill to kill a man with mental health issues, to kill a man who had a knife at a gunfight. How shall I speak of God in light of this? I could share the trite saying, you know, it's darkest before the dawn. The behavioralist in me knows that, you know, before there's real change, things get crazy, there's chaos, and then breakthrough comes. But right now, in this moment, when Walter Wallace Jr.'s blood is still on the ground, I have to ask how you, Mosaic, and how I, how you friend, friends all over the world, will speak of God in this moment.
will speak of God in this hour. As the outrage is there, as the pain is there, as the pouring out into the streets are there. And there is violence based on anger, violence based on hurt, violence because as some people say, we break up stuff because the property, the stuff is more important than us. As the clergy takes to the streets to try to calm things down, how will we speak of God to a people who've been waiting for God for so long to act on our behalf? How will we speak of God to people who say they know God, that they're following God, and yet they erect these systems that are anti-God, that are contrary to who God says God is? How will we speak of God for transformation? What will you and I do beyond shaking our heads, throwing up our hands in, in, in disgust? What will we do? It's the division. Our, our, our ethnocentrism and xenophobia. It's, it's this thing that has been existing since this country existed that is tearing us apart. We want to erect things that and try to deal with the offsets, the symptoms of the issue without dealing with the issue. And one of the primary issues is not changing everybody else's heart, but changing the heart of the church. So that the church understands that it is our division that's killing the world. It's our division that is agreeing with the negative principalities and powers in this world that are harmful and hurting us. It is our division. We are not acting like Jesus. We are not revealing Christ as a, as a, as a community of faith. We are standing in the way of truth. And I'm tired. As tired as many of you are about this. We have to end this division. We have to evangelize the church. Stop talking about trying to get all these people rescued for heaven and try to get the church rescued for the assignment that God has given us to do here in the earth now. I'm tired, I'm hurt, I'm broken. I'm tired. How much longer? Do we have to live like this before you recognize that we are people? That heaven is not our problem. Many of your uncles and grandfathers and fathers, some of my siblings, we are the problem. When will we end division? This is the issue. From the beginning, I've been trying to teach these things. That it was separation. We want to call it the fall so we can detach ourselves from the relationships. But the relationships are where it is. We have a relationship with God and God restored our relationship with one another. But we don't believe if we did, all of our churches would, wait, would work to end division. My God, Christ was put on a cross because of division. We can celebrate that Sunday in and Sunday out. People get their Bibles out and study and pray and sing worship songs. And yet and still you look at someone who looks like me and sees less than. But even if you do look at someone like me and sees less than, Jesus said, as you do it unto the least of these, which then becomes me, you do it unto Christ. And still, still the division. So it is a just bona fide, bona fide excuse, this nonsense about being Christian and being Christ-like and putting this label on. I want to be like uh, 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 Rachel Maddow who said, don't believe what they say watch what they do as you do it unto the least of these you and I do it unto Christ so what are we willing to do to end division not throwing up hands not shaking a head not another Bible study what not waiting for me to come up with your ideas but you seeking the mind of God and sharing what 
you and I, you alone, maybe me following, maybe us doing something together, but this is an us thing. This is not just a you, Angel, you lead it, or somebody else lead it. And forgive me if my anger comes rolling through, but I'm so very tired. I'm trying to get away so I cannot be tired, but I'm still, still tired, traumatized. By it all. How shall we speak of God when we are in the way, when we won't end division? We've got to learn some de-escalation strategies. So when you're having a conversation with your family members, you have some tools and some skills. So we're gonna look at how to do that, how to train in de-escalation so that an argument doesn't go out all outside itself. So you can't get the points of crossing so people can't hear one another. So we're gonna do the training. Just like those cops were supposed to have some de-escalation training in the street and they didn't have it. You and I have been battling some stuff and we didn't have the skills. So we're gonna go get those skills. This is the new evangelism. This is the new way we have to evangelize because we must evangelize the church the church the church Ephesians 3:10 says the multi-sided wisdom of God was supposed to be revealed to all principalities and powers through the church so now let's get the church in shape so we can do the job that we were called to do so it's not about just going to church that's nice but the assignment doesn't say that we were supposed to go to church it says that we were supposed to declare to the principalities and powers, the multi-sided wisdom of God. That's the assignment. Going to church, singing in a choir, reading your Bibles, all good stuff, but that's not the assignment. That's the stuff that comes from our love for Jesus, our love for God. And then the action is an outgrowth, a deeper outgrowth, an expression. It is the way we make love to God by working to transform the world. What are you willing to do? to end division? What is the yearn of your heart? Because I understand the scripture to say that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Is God a liar? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I've seen enough of God. But unfortunately, I've seen enough of the church as well. And it's the same old sad, sad song. So I ask you, family, not just in West Philly, but here in Lebanon, New Jersey at the Baptist Conference Center, in Germany where my friends are, in England where I now have family, in places where I have family because of the blood of the everlasting covenant, I ask you, what are you willing to do, to do, to stop division? Share it. Send it to me, Angel at Mosaic Philadelphia. Put it on Facebook and I'll see it. Let's talk about this. We've got to get moving because this, I can't live like this. I will not live like this. This is enough, enough, pastime enough for another body, another somebody's blood. It was a knife at a gunfight. He was dead as soon as they got out of the car. He was dead as soon as they called. It was a knife at a gunfight and someone's humanity, that family's humanity was ignored as they pled for his life. And they shot him. His father said 10 times, they shot him to kill him, not to hold him off. They could have run. They could have circled the car and just kept circling until they talked him down. They could have done, tasered him. They could have done many other things. But his life was not worth that to them. And I'm going to tell you, well, listen to me, listen to me. I'm not saying they're horrible, horrible people. I'm saying that they are infected with the disease of division. And Christ came to heal the disease of division, of separateness, so we could be a united people who work for a united goal.
But because we want to tell stories about going over to heaven in the sweet by and by, instead of dealing with our here and now and the assignment God gave us, we have become like people tossed to and fro by every wind instead of recognizing the call on our lives to speak to the principalities, those in power, in our institutions, in our governments, in the way we believe for transformation so division ends. This is what it is to be a Christian who is following Jesus at the center because at the center we all can meet and be one. Think about that and then share with me and each other and let us not allow this question to cease being asked among all of us, especially Mosaic Philadelphia in West Philly. What are we willing to do to bring an end to division? This place in time
Let's pray for our city and our nation. Holy God, our mother, our father, honored and blessed is your name. Help us to know your presence in our lives in all things. Lord, you know all things. You see everything pressing down on us each day. Your heart is for justice, love, and truth. Lord, we cry out in this time of turmoil. We cry out for the Wallace family, the neighborhood, and the city all impacted by this and other acts of violence. We cry out for your kingdom to come. We are sad, frightened, angry, and seeking to bring hope and healing to our community and our nation. We trust that you are faithful and always provide for us. Jesus, we look to you for redemption. We pray that you will work in each of us to come before you with humility and cry out for your love, your wisdom, and your justice. Lord, show each of us how to bring your kingdom here and now. We want to see the love of Jesus lifted up and bring repentance and healing. Empower us through your Holy Spirit to move forward in your grace and truth to bring peace and justice. Use us as ambassadors of your love and your goodness in this world. Help us to speak the truth in love. Holy Spirit, move in mosaic in your church in West Philly and throughout our city. Lord, we pray for protection and wisdom for our pastors and leaders. Lord, grant them physical, emotional, and spiritual strength to hear your voice and lead us in this time in our city. We pray that across our nation, your people would turn their hearts towards you and seek your wisdom with repentance and ears to hear your words. May all the noise be set aside and the church in our nation strive to hear your voice, express your heart, and be your hands and feet. Glory and honor and power to the name of Jesus, in which we pray, amen.
Good morning, Mosaic. I'm Jim, a former prayer team member, church council member. Pastor Angel asked me to contribute a prayer this morning for black and brown people enduring this anguish. In offering this, I want to acknowledge the tension that as a white guy, I don't exactly know what prayer is needed here, but that also, um, kind of obviously, we, we must be praying for each other. I'll be praying this morning for us some of the images, the promises from the prophet Isaiah from the 65th chapter, in which it's a section in which God tells Isaiah how things should and will be. Please join me. Jesus, Jesus, all God's power in a person, in a person who was oppressed and tortured by an occupying military, you, Jesus, know our needs. We pray for the peace you promised to be ours today and to be ours even more so tomorrow. You promised to create a new heaven and a new earth. You promised the former things will not be remembered. You promised the sound of weeping and of crying will be heard no more. You promise your people will build houses and live in them themselves. Plant and enjoy eating and drinking the literal fruit of their labor. And you promise that before they call, you will answer. For the black and brown people among us, Jesus, we call on this your promises. Jesus, may they see this new heaven and this new earth. Jesus, may the pain of this former time fade from their memory in your lasting healing. Jesus, may the sound of weeping and of crying be heard no more. Jesus, may they build houses, communities, and rejoice in living long lives in them. Jesus, may they enjoy the riches of their labor. Jesus, will you answer them before they call on you? Will you answer? Jesus, we want to see your new world. Jesus, we call on you for our siblings, ourselves, our spiritual siblings, our neighbors, those who suffer this long anguish. Jesus, may your kingdom come. Amen.
This was a different kind of service, a service which was filled with a few words from me, a lot of music and prayers, and uh, I think we needed that. We needed the music to help us wrap ourselves along around what it means to yearn for God and to allow ourselves to be transformed so we can let that spill over and overflow into the world in which we live. And then there were songs and prayers for those like me who are wounded by the events and need our family, particularly our white brothers and sisters, to circle around us and sing songs and, and, and pet our backs and rub our shoulders and help us as we are trying to get through this day. So close, right at home. We need you. We need to see that there is another way and that you've embraced it. We need that outpouring. I don't care if you mess up when I can see that your heart is genuine. Don't hold back in talking to each other, to, to the people in our congregations. Share and then ask if I mess up, forgive me, but I'm feeling this. And let's walk this thing out together. What are you willing to do to end division? So for our benediction, I, I close with Psalms 73. I'm going to read it from the um, Message Bible. No doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to good-hearted, the good-hearted. But I nearly missed it, missed seeing His goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top, envying the wicked who have made it, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world. Pretentious with arrogance, they wear the latest fashions and violence, pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bowls of silliness. They jeer, using words to kill, they bully their way with words. They're full of hot air, loud mouths disturbing the peace. People actually listen to them it's happening right before our eyes can you believe it like thirsty puppies they lap up all their silly words what's going on here is god out to lunch nobody's tending the store the wicked get by with everything they have made it piling up with riches i've been stupid to play by the rules what has it gotten me a long run of bad luck, that's what, a slap in the face every time I walk out the door. If I'd have given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I saw the whole picture, the slippery road you've put them on with a final crash of a, of, of a ditch of delusions. In the blink of an eye, disaster. A blind curve in the darkness and a nightmare. We wake up and rub our eyes, nothing. There's nothing to them and there never was. When I was beleaguered and bitter, 
totally consumed by envy. I was totally ignorant, a dumb ox in your very presence. I'm still in your presence, but I've taken, but you've taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me, and then you bless me. You're all I want in heaven. King James says, who have I in heaven but thee? You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is my rock and faithful. Look, those who left you are falling apart. Deserters, they'll never be heard from again. But I am in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing. I've made God, I've made the Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world about you. Soften my heart and break. 